Joe, where's oh yeah we do we got the clapper oh, that's my favorite part i say it on every pod yes yeah, so legit. we've got christina gibbons here on the pod now i thought about this intro while driving home from my training session today because Coach you Joe. deserve the best intro that i could possibly give so we have here christina gibbons a former nwsl professional soccer player a former dookie but one of my dearest, dearest friends who is actually my longest standing teammate when we started at seven years old and we're on the same team all the way up until we became bitter rivals in the Duke UNC rivalry. But um, one of my closest friends who I love dearly, thank you so much for being on two washups, one pro. We'll call and it three washups. I'm going to say hashtag goals right here. Yes. You are the epitome of a wash up, but yes. like in the greatest sense of the word. Me and Joe are like, me and Joe are like trying to get to where you are. We're like, th- yes. this is goals for us. Yes. This is like, like the just the rendition of like former NWSL players. Where are they now? Yes, that's, yeah, that's what, that's what this feels like to me. So it's basically where we're trying to take the podcast because you know we love soccer, but we're also like, what happens when you stop? playing soccer i would love to chat about that today. yeah no, we got I'm plenty super, of questions I'm super pumped i'm super we pumped. have I'm really plenty excited. of questions but what joe let's start we're going to start we, with a little we want to give the, the peeps a little bit about you because you were very talented at soccer so you. let's Extremely get into that talented. yeah get into so, that from right off the bat obviously you went to duke but you are extremely freaking smart so kind of our first question is Talk about growing up as a high school level, you know, high, you're at a high, high level, but you're also in high school, also a young kid. How do you maintain being so darn smart and maintaining those athletics and academics while growing up playing at the high level that you did? And as Joe likes to say on the, you know, the carry dream team, you're a little, uh, club team over there. Yeah, I had yeah. this. Wait, wait, can I wait? Pause. <laughs> Tina said, Joanna, we got to cut this question, but I just want to shout out. Shout out to 94 Castle Spartan Elite oh Chelsea ladies because. Wait, we, you know what? We, just because people need to hear it. I had to cut the question because I was like, we're getting Gibby on to talk about non soccer. The first question Joe wrote was, what is it like to just grow up and play on a club team with just such talented players that just like push you beyond God's green earth? And I'm like, Joe, like I think insert really, though, insert, really trying insert, to push it I'm hyping us up though. Insert Christina. I think, I think we can say that we were, if not the most talented club team to exist. <laughs> that was I think, a reach. Okay. That was but a reach. Think, but I, I, we I had 13 ACC players. Joe, that was a reach. This. No, I that think about reach. this though. Actually. Well, look at I Crystal's about- done Albertson team. Did they win national championships? Yes. Did they have 13 all ACC, ACC players? Numerous. Christina was a defensive ACC midfield player of the year. Schaffer was midfield player of the year. Like, Taylor Francis set records. No, I don't I'm know. Sorry. Christina, like some castle shit. I think, no, I actually think it's really interesting. I think about this all the time where I'm like, how do you, how do you wager the most successful? Like, how do you wager the best? Like, I think, I think that's the question is like, is it how many people make it pro? How many people make it on the national team? Yeah, is it how many true. national championships you won as a club team? Or is it generally like how well the team mesh in a way that the, all those players on separate club teams would have never been as good as they ever were? Yes. I think that's the that's, situation. There, maybe team. you had good continuity. I'll give you that. But let's get to the academics because we want to know okay, how you got right. into Duke. Oh, I just really wanted to keep on that subject. We no, we want to get into Duke it. and we want to know how. CLOD. Duke is not like, oh, just come on in. Like you kind of have to like have it somewhat together, at least on women's soccer. I know that much. So sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I wish I could like sit here and ha- say like, oh, I had some secret formula as to like ha- what I did or how I kept it all together or whatever. But I, th- I think it was just my personality. Like I was never okay with being not the best at it. Like for, for me, it would have been, um, like I knew I wasn't achieving the potential within myself or like what I was able to do if I was going to settle for anything less than knowing that I could get A's in the classes I was taking or like shoot after this GPA or challenge myself with, with classes. And I think that's the piece that, I mean, I, I kind of really appreciate my parents for, and they never like said, if you're going to be like 
that's unacceptable. They, they kind of were like, we know you're capable of that. Like we want you to hold yourself to that type of standard. So like I committed to Duke, I knew I was going to get into Duke and I still took eight APs my senior year. Like who does that? That is crazy behavior. That's crazy behavior. And I still did it. And I think like it ended up being really helpful because it, it gave me credits at Duke that I, you know, like needed to graduate early, but, but my parents didn't say, Hey, you have to go take eight APs. I was just like, no, I want to push myself. I want, like, I like learning. I like, these are skills that are hopefully going to help me. Like, I don't know. It's, it's never just about like getting into Duke for me. It was always like, you know, like what sort of doors is going to open for me? What kind of knowledge can I attain for like later in life or whatever that looks like? I don't know. No, I mean, it, that's it, a perfect answer. And honestly, it probably speaks to where you are now. Um, and I love that answer because I think too, it's like so much of what you do later in life is about just like personal accountability and holding your own self to a standard. I feel like that was something I learned really quickly coming out of soccer was like the only person that at the end of the day, I have to look and look at and judge myself is myself. So it's like, if I don't wake up and want to pursue something or put my hundred percent into something, it's just not going to happen. There's nobody that like, you know, in soccer, you have a coach and stuff. It's like, you walk into your job, they're like, you either do it or like, here's the door. Like, we're not going to like give you six chances to get it together. So I appreciate that kind of response. I think it's like very honest and probably something younger people have to like, remember is like high school matters. These things matter and your sports only going to last so long. Um, yeah. I mean, even if it's not the knowledge like that you learn between the pages of the textbook and it's, it's yeah. like habits that you're creating habits a hundred percent. So <laughs> speaking of Duke, um, you just like immediately make an impact. And to be fair, obviously you're a highly rated recruit, but it's actually funny because I thought about this the other day. I'm like, I, I thought about it the other day. I'm like, literally like, it's not easy. I don't care if you're like the number one recruit. It's not easy. Like I can think of Virginia, like the amount of players, that were like top five recruits that didn't really play much their first year. Um, so you come into Duke, you start 87 <laughs> of 88 games. <laughs> Basically, you're just a staple. I mean, like Gibby, Duke, might as well just equal sign everything. So talk about Duke coming in, making an immediate impact. Um, and how are you like able to navigate that? Because I think you were so consistent and I, you know, I, there's always that freshman slump or you didn't really have like gaps like that. I felt like you kind of kept yourself very even keel throughout your career. Um, what do you think played a part in that and how were you able to adjust so quickly? Yeah. Uh, it's a really good question. I'll, yeah, I'll take it back sort of to like, uh, Duke. Yeah. I guess, I guess Joe knows this story a little bit, but, uh, our club team, like we talked about was actually so good that I was always like the fill-in player, like, we'd have girls who went to the U17 world cup. We had girls who were like part of the U20s, like getting looked at by national teams. And I was always like, when they leave, I'd go play their position. Cause I was just that versatile. I don't, you know, like everyone yeah, would leave and then we'd, have, we'd have like all these scouts come to our games and stuff, but they were only looking at national team players. And I, you know, I wasn't in the pool. I wasn't really being looked at. So I was actually really overlooked as a recruit. Like didn't I get can. much, much look at all. Like many people looked at me. I had like NC state was interested a few other like local small North Carolina schools, and technically like Damon had our club coach at the time had called Duke and Robbie was like, yeah, we'd love to have you, but like, can't promise any playing time. Can't give you a scholarship anytime. So essentially like walked on lucky man. She's brilliant and can Duke. play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walked on at Duke. And I mean, obviously after my freshman year, I earned a scholarship after starting a bunch of games and stuff, but I think even my freshman preseason, I didn't uh, know that. yeah. So totally. Walked wow. On I'm yeah. sorry. That is like, Cause I only knew you as like Gibby, right? Like Gibby. Sure. Yeah. I think it, now, it I mean, that's a really cool, they, that's a cool story though. I mean, way to earn it. Yeah. Thanks. I, um, I'm gonna let you tell your story, but I'm just going to interject because it's interesting because everybody on our team knew how important you were to the success of our team. And it was always like, you were always the one that got overlooked if we're looking, if we're going to be honest, looking back and it's 100%. like, how do we, how, but like how it probably created that chip. Oh, yeah, but for like, sure. yeah, I was angry. Well, yeah. But like, <laughs> to be honest, you, I was never, pissed. you were pissed, but you were, I want you to go into, but I also want you to go into how you didn't let that, you know, kind Deter of you. overlooked yeah. national team, even being overlooked for our team at one point, like always kind of 
being, how did you not go, you know what? F this, like, screw this. Like, I'm freaking done. Like, especially because you're so smart. You could have really just went to Duke and been a student, had a fun time and not even worried about it. Yeah. I think it's like, I mean, it, it goes back to that same question of like academics. It's like trust in yourself and like knowing what you're capable of. Like it, it's, it's obviously like, yes, you, you need to be realistic about it, but I knew that I was better than I was being made out to be or like better mm-hmm. than what other people were seeing. And like, okay, I'm not like my dad played soccer in college. Like yeah. it's, it's not like, like he was also super realistic with me where he's like, I think you can play. Like, it's not like, he's not like hyping me up to a certain extent, but I'm also, he's also like, I, I definitely think you're getting overlooked. So it's like, a combination of like being around the game and understanding where I'm at and, and like it's really hard at such a young age but like having a self-awareness of being like okay either it's time to like maybe go a different direction because it's not working for a certain reason or like no I just actually have really bad luck and people are actually overlooking me and like the recruiting process was horrible for that reason like I remember yeah. so many nights like just like crying I'm like why does no one want me like no one no one has seen my potential whatever um no but think like I essentially got to Duke and was like the shock of their preseason pretty much like I think <laughs> I think Carla who came the hell was is like, this kid Carla we're back like yeah we're like in a defensive <laughs> meeting and she's like I have no idea how you landed here but she's like I'm so effing grateful and like that like sticks out to me but my like idea was like going in like knowing that no one knew who I was and that helped like there was no pressure I had nothing to lose right like I think I think that's helpful but knowing where I was at and knowing that I was good enough and having that confidence, like just within myself, like that inner confidence that like I can come out here and I can make a statement and have an impact and sort of like, yeah, prove everyone wrong. Like my, my sort of like phrase or mantra for that time, I guess, like coming into Duke and even throughout my seasons at Duke was uh, be hungry, but stay humble. And I think that sort of like kept me grounded in remembering that time of being overlooked. So it was like, as soon as I started to get recognition and, and all that stuff throughout my career, I was like, oh, like I have to remember exactly where I came from and like what that felt like. And honestly, I like, grab a hold of that as tight as I could as fuel and let that sort of like be my sounding board as like, that's who I was. That's where I came from. That's sort of the outlook that I should have throughout the rest of my career, really. Yeah, I love that so much because you're somebody that somehow manages to keep grinding and keep, you know, working your tail off, but yet still holding on to kind of like, that's like always like in the back of your head, like, that's not, that's not me, like proving people wrong on a consistent basis. And you obviously did that in your career. Um, and I have in my notes, Tina laughs at my notes, but I said, so you have so much success that your name is starting to be recognized outside of the state of North Carolina. And in parentheses, I said about damn time. (laughs) Um, so during your, um, your Duke career, you started to getting called into you 20 camps, you 23 camps, even a freaking full first team, us women's national team in the January camp of 2017. I want you to walk us through one, those experiences and two, how did you feel coming onto these teams and kind of coming late onto these teams? How did you feel about that mentally in all of it? Definitely was, I mean, a a late bloomer in the sense that like, you know, I, I wasn't in the rotation that young, like a lot of the team was really put together. Like, I think for me, like, probably like most youth national team experiences like it, it was such a roller coaster like everything had been flowed but um I think what I really remember about it is like trying to control what I could control because there's so so much that's out of your control right like mm-hmm. you're coming from an environment where you're like probably either the best on your club team or the best at your college team or like sort of moving up in there and then you, you're getting this pool and like honestly like you could have the most amazing game of your life and for some reason it doesn't work it doesn't match. They don't like you. It doesn't fit within the formation that they're trying to play. I don't know, whatever. There's like a million things. Like what can you control? And I remember for my 20 cycle, Michelle Henry was the coach and not Michelle Henry. That's someone French. I work with Michelle. French. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Watch up. Like, this is my work brain y'all. Um, yeah, no, I got it. no, so she, yeah, essentially calls me in. And I remember like throughout camp and like, I was obviously a puddle of nerves was I playing to my best No, but what I could control was like my attitude and the way in which I contributed to the team is like, 
and we talk about these people. We used to talk about them as Duke when, like, when I was a leader on the team, it's like, that's your glue. Like, those are the people who, no matter how much they play, like, whether they play or not, like, that's the glue. And those are the people that you need around on the field and off that, like, keeps everyone just, like, moving forward in a positive direction. And I think for the 20s team, I was the glue for, like, most of it. And it happened the same way that club happened, the same way that I was recruited. Mm -hmm. Like, I started out as, like, sort of no one, someone who's, like, maybe overlooked, but, like, the glue of a team, right? get to the twenties. We, she's like, you just made the 20 world cup roster. I'm like, sweet. And she's like, do you know what your role is on the team? And I was like, tell me, she's like, you're here to have a great attitude. You're on the team because of your attitude. Like you have an amazing attitude. Keep this team together. And I was like, cool. I know my assignment. I'm not like, of course, everyone wants to play, but I'm like, I know my assignment. I'm going to go and I'm going to control it. Like I'm going to give everything I can to that assignment. First cap ever. We play our second game against Brazil. I take the spot of like, you know, she calls me in the night before Brazil and she's like, you're starting tomorrow. I'm like, okay, first cap ever, U20 World Cup. And I, I played, started, played the rest of the tournament. Like in the same way that recruiting did is like come in super overlooked and all of a sudden I get an opportunity and just make the most of it. But it's funny to me that they're sort of like similar stories, whether it happened in youth national team camps or not. And then essentially spent the rest of my life on what felt like the U23s, but that's one other thing. So. <laughs> gotta love that they're like also also for those for those pretty much i can't i'm like 27 you're like i don't even think i'm supposed to be on the team like i don't call christina gibbons is one of the wittiest most dry personalities that all of a sudden like she'll walk up to practice with like a straight face and all of a sudden like say the funniest thing of the day and she's like what guys that wasn't that funny and everybody's like crying laughing that was a good one gibby thanks yeah it's i mean it's not untrue it's like once you (laughs) Once you're like 20 in a day, they're like, all right, 23s. No, yeah, I'm not there for like five years. I do think like literally the day after the 20 cycle ended, I was on the 23s for at least four years, maybe five. (laughs) Who like, who knows? Which like, I hate to say it, but like, there's like four camps. You're like going to random. You're like, what are we even? Yeah, you're in Croatia. (laughs) You're playing on mud. Like you, you don't know, but you're, you're along for the ride. You're like, you're on the 23s though. Yeah. Um. Oh God, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, let's get into the real stuff here. So obviously we've already learned that you're somebody that takes great advantage of opportunity um, and kind of makes the most of it, which is probably honestly speaking about your attitude. I feel like that's like part of what we've talked about so much in this podcast is like, there's so much mental parts of the game and honestly, just like taking away that stress and having an attitude and just like not putting all this extraneous pressure on yourself to just play and play naturally it oftentimes does work it's harder said than done but I think it's something to take away from what you're talking about so you get drafted fifth by you know Kansas City no shock you were one of the top players in our class um you play in every game you know in your rookie year you know everyone's like thinking okay Gibby's like she's gonna be here 10 years this girl's gonna be the national team whatever um you get traded to sky blue in 2018 and more or less all shit hits the fan, <laughs> which Fair. I mean, I, you know, I just have to be honest, like 2018, no, was yeah, rough, let's, it was a let's rough, be candid. Let's yeah, be candid. it was a rough year for sky blue now Gotham FC. Um, and so I'll, I'll never forget this because it was major news. Um, you go, you, you guys do not win a single game, which I can probably, no, assure- we did. I will say we did win the last game this season. So, okay. Just. That's We're a being joke candid, I'm putting that-, that one on Joe. <laughs> that one's on me. <laughs> anyway, you win a game, which coming from, you know, Castle and then Duke, right? Yeah, it like, sucked. sucked. Yeah, I mean, you probably never, I don't even know, like, if you've ever in your life had experienced something like that. Yeah. Um, and then you decide to retire the following year, year, which to everybody, which is not shocking to us, but to everybody, it's so shocking, right? Because it's like, it's not like you're like 15th on the, you know, on the squad. You're like playing, starting, integral to the team they trade for you to get you uh season's not going well but you make a decision you're like i'm just i'm good i'm at content with my career i want to move forward talk about what led to you and brought you to that decision um yeah let's just start with that because i have <laughs> something else but let's just start like because i think sure. people don't under they underestimate right like you've been playing since you were at three four five up until now you're 24 23 it's like 
and and everything's you know you're not winning but everything's open to you you still have an opportunity to make the national team you're you're starting and playing you're not making a dollar but you know you're living your dream and it's you know all these opportunities are there but yet you're like i'm good yeah what yeah. what led to that i mean Okay, I think we could honestly like schedule another podcast for that sky blue season. <laughs> Which we alone. should. Do you want it? Yeah, yeah. But- like, and honestly, since retiring, like, I had a lot of people reach out about it, and like, I'll I'll just say this, and then I'll kind of like just skip to the end of that season. But like, you know, like reporters or journalists being like, I want to write a story on it. Like, can you tell me this? Like, recently after I retired, assuming that like obviously it was all the club, and, and I'd be lying if I said it didn't have something to do with organization. But I think what like the reason why I haven't like you know in my head I'm like oh, I'll write something about it one day but like I want it to be my story not the club story and I felt like every time like anytime anyone had reached out it would be the club story and not my story and there's so much more to I think like my decision to to leave than than like what was happening at Sky Blue alone so yeah that, I think that's like pretty much like a whole nother podcast like could be yeah but but what I think is like it, it was a piece of it, like to, to sort of like give you my frame of mind going into playing pro is like, yes, it was a dream of mine. It was something I really wanted to chase. And even the national team, like, yeah, that was like me being realistic myself is like, do I, I have a shot. Do I know that I'll make it? No, but like, I have a shot to potentially get called into camps and like maybe perform and, and maybe make it there. I don't know, but I, it's a, it's a potential. And for me, it was always like, okay, I'm going to give it two years. I'll always reevaluate after two years because I have things outside of soccer I want to accomplish. I have career aspirations outside of soccer. That was always something for me. Like it was always going to be there. So it's like, no matter if I'm starting playing every single minute and it's, you know, everything is butterflies and rainbows, I'm going to evaluate after two years. If it's horrible, I hate it. Life is miserable. I'm going to evaluate it. Like it didn't matter their circumstance around it. I, I gave myself two years to like, live this experience out and see what it was like, what it was going to be. Was it still fulfilling me? Were there things that I wanted to chase after it? So I think when you put yourself in that frame of mind of two years, you're like, okay, I had a really good rookie season on a team that was awesome, but sort of like the organization crumbled underneath me. I go away to Australia, find out I've been traded in Australia, come back to sky blue. We don't win a game for the entire season. I I find myself like, you know, as like a player rep, like this is, I, you know, I sit down with the CEO at Bed Bath & Beyond. He's one of the owners of like Sky Blue. And I'm like, these are all the things that aren't good enough. Like, these are all the things that we need. These are all like, this is all like those types of conversations are happening. And I think like my parents came up to, to hang out for like a week and see a game or whatever, like sitting there and I'm telling them, I'm like, I don't feel good about this. Like, I'm not proud of who I am. I don't feel like the player that I am. Like, I'm not, you know, like if, if I think of myself as, as like a brand, as a product, like I'm not happy with not only how I'm playing, but like, who, I don't feel like I'm the same person that I am. I don't feel like I have that wit. I'm not bringing that sort of like attitude and energy. And it's, mm. it's like affecting who I am. And I mean, at that point, like, I think my, yeah, my mental health wasn't in a great spot, but like even things I was, I was doing, like, I think there's a certain amount of like that, like a toll that a situation can put on you until you have to understand that like, okay, it's not serving me anymore. My dad was like, quit. This was like with three, I don't know, like maybe a month or two left in the season, probably, probably not three, but maybe a month or two. Cause I don't even think the season's that long, but he's like quit. And I was like, no, I have to finish this. Like Joe knows me. Like, I'm like, I have mm-hmm. to finish this season and then I'll reevaluate it. But going into that last game, I think I knew I told, I called my best friend. And I was like, Hey, like she's a year old to me. She lives in New York. I was like, Hey, I think you want to come to this. Called my parents. I was like, Hey, I think you want to come to this. And like, no one else knew. It was me. And I knew like at the end of that game, I was, I was obviously like happy we won, whatever. Like everyone's like thrilled we won. Like, you know, we aren't like such a disgrace, whatever, but (laughs) that's a whole nother thing. But I like in my head, I'm like, I'm relieved. I'm relieved it's over. And I think in my mind, that was like a a real signal that like I wasn't in a good place and I needed to potentially like take a serious look at this, not only because of things around me, but like, okay, what else do I have? And I had a really good conversation with my sister Shut and she was up. like, she's yeah, awesome. she's so cool. But she was like, don't make a decision if you don't know what's on the other side. Like the grass is always greener. Right. But go like mm-hmm. find out what could be on the other side. So I started interviewing. I started like putting my name out there, going and like talking to people, trying to network and got a 
job in like November season ended October had a job in November and that's when I told everyone I retired I had already solidified a job before making that sort of decision wouldn't expect anything less um no I mean it really so it brings up a really good point. I, I'm curious because um, I would say that our, I would think our situations probably align very similarly in terms of our exit from professional soccer, um, being that ours wasn't like Joanna's, that it wasn't really injury related. We just kind yeah. of came to a decision. I'd be curious, did you lose passion for what I like to call like the 90% of the day. So it's like the trainings, the everything that goes into the games. Did you still enjoy that or were you? I think, I think I did, but it was like, to what end? Like right. I was willing to do it and like loved putting in that effort and loved seeing the reward of that effort. But I think it was like, when I lost myself in it, that's describe, to me when I was describe like, describe lost yourself, Chris. What do you mean by that? Like in my head, it was like, and I, and I think this is, this is like the really interesting piece that like, you know, I'd, I'd love to like dive in is like, when, when you are uh, an athlete playing at a high level, when you're, I mean, when you're doing anything at a high level, I think, it's, but especially athletes, like you have a micro focus, that's what makes you successful, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to focus on something so intensely that that's what gets you to that really high level. And whether that's, um, you know, like, whether you go play college, I think you have a certain extent of that. Definitely pro Olympians, a hundred percent. And you train and you live in this micro focus where you sacrifice social, you sacrifice relationships, sometimes family, like you sacrifice your life because you're micro focused on it. I think pizza. No, no. But I'm like, I think like kind of, yeah. But I think like, that's what becomes really hard is like to leave. And, and that's the piece of it. That's really tough. It's like, if you've been so focused on something, for so long, you literally have nothing else. And that's like the piece I would, I would love to dig into. But I think when I say I lost myself, it's like that, that focus that I had, like I lost the ability, you know, like even with that focus, you still can find pieces of yourself. I think Yeah. I was so focused because it's my career. It's my life. It's literally everything around me that I couldn't even bring. It was, it was too much of the focus. Like I I lost myself in that. Yeah. I, I wonder because I think that's, you know, and I, I want to get into what you're talking about. Cause I think that is the absolute greatest challenge for professional athletes is that a lot of people, when you get out of that world and you get into any type of work environment, you start to meet people and realize there's so many different facets about them that make them up. Right. Where I felt as though for most of my life, soccer was like 99.9% of my identity. Yeah. And it's like, it's a very dangerous game because at some point it will end, right? Like we're not musicians. We can't play for till we're 60. And it's, it's, it's so challenging when you get to that moment. Cause it's like, it sounds as though you probably were even more prepared than I was, but it's, it's hard when that you get to that reality, whether it's by injury, whether it's by decision, whether whatever your reasoning is where you're done, I find it really concerning that transition out because in all the ways that it benefits you, like I'm super efficient. Like you talked about all these habits that like make you successful outside of that in your next career in ways it also hinders you because you're sitting there and you're like, who am I? What else 100%. do I enjoy? What, do, what, like, you kind of feel like you're like a foreigner in an, ex, like in a world that you just have never really partake, like partook in. Like, I'll never forget like my first week of work. This sounds so lame, but like my coworker came up to me, was just trying to be nice. Cause we were close in age. And she was like, Hey, you want to grab a drink? It was like a Wednesday, like my first Wednesday on the job. And I kind of looked at her like, you're like, I can't go out on a week. Yeah. I'm like, it's Wednesday. And she was like, yeah, it's Wednesday. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like, but I was so embarrassed inside. Cause I'm like, that's just because my whole experience was like, everything yeah. had to be every decision I made besides academics. But once I became a pro, every decision I made, I had to think about soccer first, how did it affect my ability to play, to perform? And then I could make a decision. And I just think that's a really fascinating point to bring up and something that isn't talked about enough. Um, not to like 
look down upon what they're doing in a professionally. It's amazing. These women are amazing, but I don't yeah. think there's I an, think it's enough the way it's prep. set up. Yeah. I think there's no the prep. Set up. Yeah. You're like, think- what are you ask these girls? What are you doing next? It's like, and to your point, sometimes you don't get an opportunity to make that choice. Sometimes it is a Joanna where it's like a doctor looks you in the eyes and says, if you want to have X, Y, and Z at 35 to be able to move in a certain way, you got to stop. And then it's like, they made the decision for you. Yeah. And if you're not prepared, it's a hard road. My question, Tina, though, is sorry, Christina, I call Christina. No, it's okay. You, you okay. It's like two teams on the pod like that came out. <laughs> people like one people call her Gibby. I'm like, that is not her name. <laughs> It is okay. Christina. I've gone through like a, like yeah. a natural a cycle Christina. Yeah, of yeah. nicknames here. Um, how were you able to hold yourself accountable to that kind of two-year execution of like, I'm going to give it two years and then I'm going to reevaluate. How are you? That's my first question. Yeah. And then my second question is, do you think that if it was a different club, it would have been different? It- I'll answer the second one first. It could have been okay. like simple as that. Like yeah, I mean, we can speak in hypothetical, like what if, you know, like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like, maybe I, if you I got, can't... I mean, if you got called in the yeah. national team, you probably don't make that choice. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And like, like, I think yeah. I looked realistically and was like, do I have a chance of making the next Olympic world cup roster or whatever? And sure. like right now that that cycle was like pretty set. So I was like, okay, no. Like, do I want to do this for another four years after that? Because that's past my, even my next year, my next yes. two year evaluation. Mm-hmm. But I held myself to it because I was, I was doing other work on the side, freelance work, design work, just through my connect, like through my network, through my connections. And so I think like, I honestly like looked myself really hard in the eyes and was like, what am I going to be like, if I'm not a soccer player, like we're talking about, Tina, like, what am I going to be if I'm not that, like, I could be this, I'm interested in this. Like, this is something I could pursue. This can be lucrative. Like this can be a career. Like, what am I as not a soccer player. And like going back to that for a second, I think the way it's set up, what we're talking about is like you, even as national team players, you don't even have the chance for an internship. You don't do that. Like there's nothing especially that now, up. That, especially yeah. the last two years, the freaking seasons from, I mean, yeah, you get like two months. The entire year, it's yeah. the entire year. And so it sets you, I mean, to, to get there, you, it's almost like you have to do it, but it's a, I think it's, that's where like the really dark stuff happens is like to step away is the scariest thing I can, mm-hmm. you know, like that I can't even, even try and put that into words unless, unless someone has gone through it. Like Joe, I remember you called me crying that yep. day. No, fa- yep. no offense. Nope. I, that's a good nope. share. Yeah. No, yeah. share. I'm at, I'm at work. We're open book here. And it's like, Christina was the know. first, was my first call. Yeah. And she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm saying, I was like, it's okay. You have options. But like, to me, that's the really dark piece of it is like, you decide you want to step away. And then you're like, who am I? What am I going to do? Is anyone going to hire me? I'm going to be, you know, older than everyone else who's at an entry level. I don't have the experience. Everyone says they want to hire athletes, but I don't have anything to show for that. Like it's, it's, it feels like a lot of talk. Like that's the really like dark piece of this. Like, I I like to think of it as like, you are the 1% you're achieving at this like super, super high level. And you've done everything in your life to get there. And then all of a sudden you fall back down to what is like, ground zero you are at the hundred percent everyone else is like at the very bottom of that funnel and you're like I have nothing that makes me feel equipped to rise like I think I think that's the piece of it where you're like oh my god and it's like and and for most of your life you've been cheered and admired and everything and then you you leave soccer and everyone's like like they'll be like oh that's really cool next question like yeah I mean, like, even like, I'll mention that, like, and I don't look for it, but like, it's obviously part of my journey. If I'm interviewing for something, I'm going to mention it just to give perspective on my life and people be like, oh, that's cool. So about your master degree, talk about your coursework or something. And I'm like, it, it's not as, which is why for me, I just wish somebody would have looked me in the eye and said, listen, I'm not offending you. I'm not insinuating anything to the end of your career. What is next? If it's five years, great. If it's 10 years, great. If it's in two months, what is it? Well, and I no think one asked you that question. I think it's interesting too, because you mentioned how, what a like deep and dark place that transition out is. It's so deep and dark. I completely forgot that I like called you because I oh. kind of, you kind of black out a little bit. Like I was depressed for like three months. Well, I literally I was like, I thought I broke I up with like a five-year relationship. Well, I remember like my mom was like, honey, <laughs> give Christina a call. I'm like, but I can't call her. Just cry. She's like, yes, you freaking can. It's Christina. I was like, okay. 
and like die out. I was like, Hey, Hey, Christina, do you, do you have a second to, to, to talk? I know you're working and she, like it's, but there has to be some sort of, yes, I think transition program out, but like, I think those who, those of us who have transitioned out of the league, I think there's gotta be some form of communication with the players that are still in it to kind of be like, it's okay. Like some sort of bridge. I don't know what it is. I'm just spitballing off the top here, but I don't know what it is, but I feel like there needs to be some bridge that is formed between like the NWCL, there's the NWCL PA, but then there's like the NWCL RA, like the retirement association. I don't even know. No, it's the same as like any mentorship. I was about to say, I think you're talking about mentorship. It's called literally like networking. Like when you leave, I don't care what anyone says. The worlds are all around, surrounds networking. There are people that are getting opportunities because they know someone. It happens in every industry all over the country. And part of like what limits you too is like you don't grow this professional network out of soccer. You're very in tuned with the soccer world and then you leave it and you're like, I don't know multiple people. Like we're in similar work. She does, you know, UX content design. I'm more on the marketing side, but it's like now I'm starting to get to know people that work for different companies, whether it's because they've left and gone somewhere else. Like, it just prepares you more later in your career that you just don't get. But to Christina's points, like when I first started, I was like, the, I, you know, I was older and starting in an entry level job because that's what I, where I sat. And it just, it's humbling because <laughs> my yeah, whole life was like, you know nothing. You, you're just like, okay, teach me. Like, and you have your degree and stuff, but everyone knows it, part of your job is every day you're learning something new and new products and new design and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I just, it, it, it's, it's honestly something I hold myself to when I see all my friends, because most of my friends still play and are in the league. I always take a moment to ask them, like, have you thought about what's next? And I don't mean it in a way to like insinuate the end. I just, it's going to happen at some point for even (laughs) Alex Morgan. It's going to happen. What is your next step? Go ahead. Go ahead. I think the piece of it that's like really interesting to me is like, it's so scary and it's so uncomfortable to step away. Like I, I hope, like, I really, really hope that, uh, girls are still doing it because they love it and not because they feel stuck. And that to me is the piece yep. of it. That's like, and, and, and Joanna, like amazing. Like you love so coaching. Funny. I knew I didn't like coaching, but like, I think you either like you adjust to that life and you're like, okay, I'm going to stay in soccer and then I'll sure. coach. And like, I, th- I think, um, I think there's a lot of people who do it, who don't love it. I, you're amazing. And I think coaching well, gets you money. Like kind of your calling, but yeah, like you, you play <laughs> and then you, and then you coach. And I think so many people like, just don't even explore what another opportunity could be because I, you know, like soccer is the world and I'm going to keep playing it because I'm, I'm stuck here. And I, I think you just to me is like, on the so, head. yeah, that's like the really dark piece. Just like, out of curiosity, did you always know you wanted to get into the design world or was that something that you just we're looking at a bunch of things and got an opportunity out of soccer or was that kind no, of something you were I'm, focused on? I majored in visual media studies. So I had like sort of like a niche towards that. And then the work I was doing on the side while playing. We got a lot of talk work. about offline just so you know, cause I'm very fascinated by your career. I have to shout, I'm sorry. I got to shout her out. Cause I, I did a little LinkedIn stock today. I think I added you as well. Yeah, we just like, connected. It's good. We connected. <laughs> I mean, we knew each other, but like I'm slow to the LinkedIn game. I can tell you like mine was a little different. I got into like project managing and like, was like, I'm either going to die on this hill or I need to make a change. I went to get my master's and now I love my job, but, um, you really like, I mean, Mm -hmm. you're at a manager job now, right? Like how old are you? 26. Yeah. I mean, you made up (laughs) the girl was playing the years you were playing, you made up for it. And that just speaks to like your brilliance and your account, you know, just who you are as a human. But I'm just, I just want to pause. I am just so proud of you. Like Thank I you. really yeah. am. Like I, you are. This girl's living in her own home that she purchased. Purchase. Goals, baby. In this Boston. is what we want to see. But I hate, so me and Joe, we've gotten really into this like whole wash of concept. Like we really, cause like, you know, let's be candid, Joe. Cause this is just like how we do it on the pot. Like, we love our podcast. We're continuing to do it with the players, but we also want to create an, a, a, a place for players to engage with us. We want them mm-hmm. to feel like they're walking out the same way we always feel enriched that we just pulled something out of somebody's story and learned something new. I want players to come out of it too and being like, that was, I mean, Christina Gibbons just like 
spoke life into me. And maybe that doesn't mean they stop soccer, but it like gives the, it gives them the strength to like look for something to do on the side or pick up another hobby or or figure out what they're passionate about. Cause that sometimes takes years in the making. It like, did. And I think 100%. it's interesting too, because when I called Christina, she's like, I'm gonna hook you up with somebody that's gonna help you just kind of figure out what you what you yeah. need. Well, Christina, all those things we're teaching, learn, loving to teach. Yeah. Like, Pretty much she's like so do you like I think all of your attributes are like geared towards coaching or education and I was like dang it <laughs> I knew it but I was yeah. fighting it let me tell you career I gotta say if you find a good one it's some it's actually sometimes worth your money because it, it's always helpful to talk to someone who doesn't know anything about you and you just speak wholeheartedly about who you are and them help guide you into what you feel you'd be best at and enjoy because I think that's, that's the hard part is like getting out and being concerned that like I got out and then I hated my first job and I was like, what did I just do to myself? And so I would hate for that to also, I think that's like, to your point, Christina, like the fear, right. Of leaving, of, yeah. of sitting in I mean, that it's position. Like, it's like the unknown. Do you felt like you left? Were you able to, okay, let me ask this in a more clear cut way. When did you feel like you were able to step away from Christina Gibbons, the soccer player. Yeah. Like what, how long did that transition? When did you feel like you became just Christina? Yeah. I mean, like, I'll be honest. It's still like, it's, it's a work in progress. Like I think the tough piece is like, as soon as people have that negative information about you, like they associate you with that. And like, I'm still, I'm still trying to step away from that. And, and, remind people and tell people and, and like I've ha- I had this conversation just the other week like when I get introduced it's it's funny to me for people who maybe don't know me as well it's like this is Christina she used to play professional soccer it's like their fun fact and I'm like that's really cool I I I, I love oh, that you're trying to hype me but like here's Christina she's a manager she's been promoted this many times in x many years she's in this industry she's doing like really groundbreaking work on video analysis and sport she's yeah. she's she's humble she's cool she's funny and she used to play pro soccer i'm like okay cool that feels like a valid introduction for all that i am as a human outside of soccer and so i think it's very much a work in progress but i'm trying to be um without like being disrespectful but open to the people that i care about that that's something that matters to me and is an important distinguisher when I'm introduced or when they're talking about me, that they talk about me as a human before they put, you know, like soccer or my soccer resume as as like a a part of that introduction. Such, I'm sorry. That is such a a good point. Like my father had to check him at some point because I, every single person I ever met, Oh, you're his daughter. Oh, you're the soccer player. Right. I'm like, okay, I'm like 25 now. I've been, you know, retired for like multiple years and I'm doing a lot of other things. Most of which I have not touched a soccer ball. Like Joe touches a soccer ball every day. I haven't touched one in like two years. Okay. So it's just, it's such a good point to make. And uh, like, we need Joe make a note. She's coming back on because there's so many layers to this that we haven't even touched on. But because of time constraints, I do want to get into this last section, which I think is really important is, um, let's put you in a position right now where let's say we have another player on the podcast and they're in this position of like curiosity, right? They don't know if they want to keep playing. They don't know what's next. What would be just based on your experience, what would be a piece of advice you would suggest to that girl or, you know, or anyone, honestly, who was playing professional sports. Um, and it's kind of going through that initial journey of being like, I want to kind of explore things outside of this world and see maybe yeah. is this the right time? Like, the, the first thing I would say is like, keep doing what you're doing. Keep questioning, question everything and then question why. So it's yeah. like, it's like, I'm curious what's out there. I want to question what's out there. Why am I questioning what's out there? Is it because I'm not getting what I want from something else here? Is it because I'm purely curious? Like find your motive and then find someone to talk to about it. Reach out to me. Like yeah. anyone can get on LinkedIn, connect with me, DM me. A lot of people yeah. still have my number that I played with. Like reach out to someone who's been through it been through that like dark tunnel is like sort of in the light I mean let's like I said work in progress but like I think question it question why and then reach out like three simple steps I just made that up in my head but it sounds great so it sounds amazing I also think there need we need to make a point about people that are in the hole because there's many girls right now who have decided and have taken the step away and I will say for myself I wish I had 
like kudos to you, Joe, because I didn't make that phone call. And I should have like I that takes a lot of courage, especially when you grow up in your whole life's about every day is about re- reaching the idea of perfection. Everything every day is an opportunity to get better, better, better. And to humble yourself and say, I'm about to call, you know, and you guys are friends, but still like someone who's existed in that type of world with me and basically be authentically real in the fact that I'm terrified and I'm sad and I'm feeling all these emotions I'm fully and I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm fully circling back to our very first kind of point. All jokes aside is like our group was extremely special in the sense that we felt extremely vulnerable to talk to each other in, about very difficult things. I mean, I think Christine has probably seen me cry, like probably more than she's anybody just because we play together for so long. But like our parents have seen each other go through so much. Like I was in a devastating car wreck that nobody really knows about. And like Miss Beth Ann was like one of the, was somebody that like pulled me out of the car. So here comes the Joe tears. Yeah. Here comes the Joe tears. But like, it's just that bond that like goes so deep that like, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to ask for help because the people that you surround yourself with are going to be the ones that, you know, you can pick up the phone and call when you're in that dark time. And I think that just speaks to like one creating those relationships. And like, that's, that's honestly like, that's the beauty of soccer, like all X's and O's and like wins and losses and people. It's really the people that that make the world so the soccer world so special, <clears throat> um, and it's those relationships. And I mean, that's that's I don't even know where I'm going with it, but like, no, I, I think mean, you're yeah, yeah. I'll say like it's funny. Like we play a team sport. Like you play soccer as like a team for a reason, right? Like no one that you ever call up is like going to be like, "Why are you calling me? I don't want to help you." Like that's the essence of who everyone is who plays this sport. So I think like have a little trust in those people in the same way that you have to trust your team when on the field that like when you make that call for help someone's like they're gonna help you like they're gonna connect you with someone if they can't help you themselves number one like they're gonna listen number two they're gonna put you in touch with someone who can help at least I'll and try frankly to. And if they are not them. helpful yeah. they shouldn't be your friend i'm right. sorry <laughs> let the new yorker speak for yourself yeah. like if they're not then they're just not a good friend and you should probably recheck that relationship um but yeah, I just, I can't say it enough. I feel like I'm in such a place now in my life where like, I'm totally cool with being vulnerable with anybody. And I did not feel that way when I was playing soccer. And I think part of that's why you're good at soccer and like get through a lot of tough mental things, but also it's like, it kind of takes away like the human side of you. Um, which is why to everyone's point, I'm always an open book an open I'll talk to anybody about I their cry experience. every time on this podcast with people that I mean, me and Joe, listen, like me and Joe call each other and cry about our own, our own life stuff that has nothing to do. I mean, Joe, sometimes cause it's coaching, but like it happens outside of soccer too, right? Like nothing's ever peachy keen and, and perfect, but, um, God, we, we got to get her on again. We this is just, um, you've just, again. I mean, I feel like we just scratched the surface. I, oh, I sort of. I, yeah, I feel like there's so much more here, but I maybe I mean, if you're like, open to it, we'd love to get you on and do like a series around this because we yeah, I mean, we I know me and Joe are I am. I mean, I can speak for myself. I know Joe is, but I, I'm incredibly passionate about this. And if I can help one one girl not have to go through what I went through, it would make me feel better than anything in the world because you can check her one off. I'm her one. <laughs> No, yeah. I, I, I do think though, like, you know, anyone listens to this podcast and, and they're playing or they're even rising up to the ranks and like, and they get out of this that like, they aren't stuck to me. That is like the biggest win ever, like so worth it. Let's, let's carve out yeah. however many more hours, because like as, as many times as that happened, that's the biggest win. Cause I think that's, that's the, like, you can be in a really like where I was sky blue. Yeah. Dark, but like the transition away of it, I gotta say darker. But like, yeah. like now I'm so happy with where I am. I'm so happy with the decision I made. Like, I feel really good about it. And I, I want people to know that like, yes, that journey may suck, but like you aren't stuck. You aren't stuck. Yeah. What a way to end it. Okay. Jojo, get a little rapid fired. Okay. My favorite, my favorite get it light at the end. Two, two favorite parts of the pod, the introduction and the rapid fire. Christina Gibbons, what is your favorite coffee drink? I don't drink coffee, but if I go to a coffee shop, I'll get a matcha latte with oat milk respect wait isn't that coffee oh no, matcha. Matcha, no, tea. matcha matcha yeah. i knew that i knew that okay describe, <laughs> describe yourself in three words 
uh, resilient, quirky, and uh, witty. Very witty. Who was your favorite team to play club, college, pros? Oh, man. Do I, do I do each one or just like, oh, no, just, one. just one, oh, just one, just um, one. I, I gotta say, I loved playing against Florida. Like Duke always got a great result against Florida and it was always in the NCAA we tournament. We just had Becky on. We just had, yeah, we just had we, Becky we just on. just had Becky on. Amazing. Funny. All right. Your current favorite takeout. Oh, um, shoot. I mean, I'm vegan, so like, hit me up with some Thai summer rolls or something. Okay. Oh yeah. Television show like you've recently binged? Um, Ted Lasso. Yeah, big fan here. I mean, it's just the like, that's like the best show ever. Literally. Yeah, if you don't say it, like, I'm a little concerned. Did you ever play soccer? It broke records. It has like, I don't. Yeah, it has know all the nominations award. ever. Yeah, for good ever. Reason. I think. Yeah. All right. Who has been one of your favorite teammates? Just no pressure. Not Joe. Not me. Joe is no, not but included somebody, in that. somebody, I just, I don't know if I love, who is somebody that it's, see, we've asked that as like a, a current thing. Like, no, some, just someone in your career that you just absolutely love playing with. Yeah. Um, I, I'll like, I'll have to shout out Shay Groom because no matter what, you know, she's going to play with fire. And I she is sparky, man. I, I she's sparky as hell. She was my travel roommate. Uh, she just had a nice goal this week. She was my travel roommate for Kansas City yeah. and for Sky Blue. So we, we made right that on. trade together. And uh, yeah, she plays with fire. And I really appreciate that. Like she, she amps you up. Awesome. Well, thank you yeah. so much. This was honestly amazing. Yeah, cool. I, mean, I, I mean, it was great for me. I hope that people <laughs> like it. But if anything, I'm having a great Tuesday. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Christina we cannot thank you enough we're definitely getting you back on and um that's a wrap sweet i love y'all thank you wow um that one was just incredible christina gibbons is somebody that um i think i personally um call a friend but also somebody that i take a lot from just because we have similar experiences and are kind of in similar industries and it's really incredible to see what she's done with her career um after soccer so much to take from that conversation and so much more i think that like we need to get into and which is why christina will 100 percent uh be joining us again to talk about many more topics that relate to transition um, especially in regards to how important that is to athletes whether they are done playing now or in the future um we're gonna change it up next week uh as many of you know me and joanna are close now to our year mark of twop um we've learned many things along the way good and bad we've made changes i'm sure we'll continue to make changes um and we really feel like it's important as much as we love our guests to sit down one-on-one and really talk to you guys about why we're in this um and what our goals are and and probably explain to you more why we've made shifts and what our plan is for the future um we want you to be part of this journey um it's ever evolving and uh we're just so passionate about where we think this can go from just the standpoint of informing us and informing you um and so just thank you so much for being part of this journey thus far we're excited to have you continue to join us and bring on new people um and yeah we'll uh, we'll keep you updated next week with all the things Thank you.